Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, May 6, 2018, on the basis of John 10, verses 11 through 18. How well do you know your virtual assistant? It's kind of an important question whether you, whether you realize it or not. You see, if you want your virtual assistant to look up the answer to some question for you or provide some sort of driving directions or maybe set an appointment on your calendar or send out a text message to your best friend, you need to know. You, you just need to know that if it's an apple, you say, hey Siri. You need to know that if it's an Amazon Echo, you say, hey Alexa. You need to know that if it's any device that is, is operated by Google, you just say, hey, Google. Apparently they didn't feel the need to come up with a name for the virtual assistant. But knowing your virtual assistant is, is maybe kind of important. And yet, you know what's even more important? Not how well you know your virtual assistant, but how well your virtual assistant knows you. Amazon, in particular, found this out about a year ago as they received all kinds of, of complaints and criticism for something that had happened. It all started when a six-year-old girl successfully used her parents' Amazon Echo to buy this very expensive, luxurious dollhouse. She just told Alexa what to do, and Alexa did it. She, she listened. She ordered it. She bought it. But that was really where the story just started. Most of the complaints actually came from somewhere else. You see, as people watched news stories of what had happened with this six-year-old girl, news stories that used words like Alexa and order and dollhouse, the little Amazon echoes that were sitting in the very same living rooms where televisions were playing that news story, heard those words picked up on them, listened to them, and it turns out a whole lot more people found themselves to be the proud new owners of this luxurious dollhouse. That was when Amazon started putting voice recognition software into those Amazon Echoes. Voice recognition, the ability to tell the difference between one person's voice and another, it can be very, very important, and not just in terms of making sure that some expensive dollhouse doesn't show up on your front doorstep. You maybe know that an increasing number of online banking security systems use voice recognition to let you into your bank account, and so they better be able to tell that that voice really belongs to you. You maybe also know that sometimes criminal cases can be built not just on eyewitness testimony, but on ear witness testimony. People having the ability to hear a very specific voice, recall that voice, and correctly identify to whom that voice belongs. Voice recognition can be very, very important. And yet even more important than any of that, Jesus wants us to know today that proper voice recognition is also very important for our souls and therefore very important for our eternities. We live in a world where there are countless Voices competing for our spiritual attention. Voices telling us what to believe about God. 
what to believe about how to get to heaven, what to believe about what is right and what is wrong, how we're supposed to view the world, how we're supposed to go through life, each and every voice vying for our attention, competing for our loyalty, pleading with us to listen and follow and obey. And so how in the world, with all of those voices ringing through our head, are we supposed to recognize the right one? That's the question we're going to consider as we turn our attention to Jesus' words from John chapter 10 today. When the list of voices competing for our spiritual attention is a mile long, what can we use? What measure can we apply as reliable voice recognition to ensure that we are in fact listening and following the right one? But why do we need to listen at all? That's maybe a question that that people would right away ask, and that maybe is good to right away answer. Why do I need to listen to any voice? Why do I need to follow anyone else? Why can't I just do my own thing and make up my own mind and listen to my heart and follow the voice inside of my own head? Why do I need to listen to anyone? It's really no surprise that those kinds of questions occur to people. It's, I think, one of the most important reasons why Jesus chose to use the imagery that he uses in these verses, why he describes us as sheep. Sheep are notoriously stubborn. Sheep are notorious for wanting to go their own way, to wanting, for wanting to choose a path all for themselves. And so it's no wonder that Jesus refers to us as sheep. But notice what else Jesus wants us to know. He wants us to know that there are people who are after us. There is a wolf who is sort of prowling around the flock, just waiting for one sheep to distance himself enough from the flock so that he becomes easy prey, easy pickings for the wolf. And then, in addition to the shepherd, who's trying to keep us on the right path, Jesus says, there is also a hired hand, someone else who is telling us a direction that he wants us to go. So we might think, that it's a good idea for us to just make up our own way, to choose our own path, to listen and follow our heart. But not only is that not a good idea, in reality it's not even possible. And even though we tell ourselves the opposite, I think deep down we know better. If you happen to be paying attention a couple of months ago, you might have noticed that a couple very famous athletes NBA basketball players, including LeBron James, sort of stirred up a little bit of controversy by offering very vocal opinions about social and political issues. And it was interesting to see how certain people, sort of on the conservative end of the spectrum, wanted those athletes to just keep quiet and stick to the sports that they played. One commentator even said, shut up and dribble. But then, just recently, about a week ago, if you were paying attention, you maybe noticed that the same thing kind of happened only from the opposite end of the spectrum. Famous singer Kanye West offered some opinions that people were a little bit surprised about. And this time, it was people on on the liberal end of the spectrum who kind of just wanted him to, to keep quiet and stick to singing. Why? Is it because in either case, their opinions, their voices were that articulate and well thought out? I don't think so. I think it's because deep down we know that no one goes through life just making up their mind for themselves. Everyone is influenced, and especially by very famous 
very influential people, especially young, adoring fans, might be swayed by the things that they are hearing. And so people want those voices to keep quiet. If everyone could just decide for themselves which path they wanted to follow, then it wouldn't matter who said what. Deep down, we know better. It is not possible to go through life just choosing your own path. It's certainly not a good idea to do so. We're all listening to, we're all following someone. Now, am I concerned as I stand in front of you this morning that either Kanye West or LeBron James is going to be the biggest spiritual influence in your life? No, not at all. But there is something I am concerned about. Is that someone else would be. Why is it so very easy for us to reduce hearing the voice of Jesus to something that's pretty low on our priority list? Why is it so very easy for us to compartmentalize our religion, our faith, into just kind of this one teeny tiny corner of our lives? Is it possible that it's because we think that in the meantime we aren't being influenced by any other voices? Friends, make no mistake, if, if I hear the voice of Jesus or bring my kids to hear the voice of Jesus for just one single hour a week. At the end of that week, the score is not Jesus one and every other voice zero. At the end of that week, the score is Jesus one and every other voice 167. If we are not hearing the voice of Jesus, rest assured, we are hearing the voice of someone else. Our, our souls, our hearts, are sort of like cups that are going to be filled up by something. And if they aren't filled up by the pure and clean water that our good shepherd wants to lead us to, they are going to be filled up by filthy, polluted waters that are only going to poison our souls. And so, yes, it is inevitable that we are going to be listening to someone, which means that we do need to know how to determine what's the right voice. And so, thankfully, Jesus helps us know how. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So what makes Jesus, the good shepherd, different from the hired hand? Well, the hired hand is paid to watch the flock, while the good shepherd pays to watch the flock. The, good, the, the hired hand has only a, a nominal, marginal interest in the flock. He sees it only in terms of the benefit that it can bring to him. But the good shepherd is invested fully in this flock. He has purchased this flock. He owns this flock. His interest in the flock is not in the benefit that it will bring him. No, he wants the flock to belong to him for the benefit that it can bring them. And do you think that maybe, just maybe... That key difference between the good shepherd and the hired hand actually comes out in the way that each of their voices sound. That's the other thing Jesus wants us to know. As he invites us to follow him as the good shepherd, he says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen and they too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Friends, there are a lot of spiritual influences in your life. But only one has already demonstrated his character by going completely all in on you. By laying down his very life for you. By purchasing you for him with his own blood. Which is a guarantee to you that when the wolf approaches, 
he will not run away. A guarantee that his interest in you is not just in what it will do to benefit him. Rather, he wants you to belong to him for all of the benefits that he can bring to you. And that key difference between the good shepherd and the hired hand will play out in the way that each of their voices sound. Let me give you a a couple examples of how this can work. So there's the wolf just looking for an opportunity to attack one of the sheep in Jesus' flock. And let's say that the attack that the wolf brings is temptation. Look at this sin. Wouldn't this be nice? Wouldn't this be fun? How does the hired hand respond? Well, the hired hand doesn't own the sheep. His interest in them is only marginal. And so he's going to respond by saying, if it works for you, go ahead and do it. If it makes you feel good, if it makes you happy, by all means, don't let anyone stand in your way. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. In contrast, the good shepherd, he's already bought the sheep. He owns the sheep. He cares far too much about the sheep to stand by and watch them do something that will harm them. And so when Satan's attack is temptation, the shepherd's voice will rebuke and warn. Let's say the wolf's attack is guilt. Right after getting you to fall into that sin, then the devil loves to say, oh, look at what you've done. Look at this awful sin. Look at what a terrible, awful member of God's flock that you are. How will the hired hand respond? Well, again, the hired hand sees the sheep as nothing more than an investment. And so if he can help the sheep correct their lives, if he can help them straighten out their acts and fix the messes that they've created, then he he probably will because that'll make the sheep better. That'll make the sheep more valuable. That'll make the flock look better. But the good shepherd, he's already laid down his life for the sheep. He has bought the sheep not as some investment, not as a fixer-upper, not as a project that he can pour a little bit of sweat equity into so that someday he can then turn around and sell them at some great return. No, he looked at you exactly as is, knowing all of your faults, knowing all of your failures, and he laid down his life to buy you. And so when the wolf comes with his guilt... The shepherd doesn't pile on by pointing at that very same guilt and telling you all the different ways that you should fix it and correct it. No, instead, when the wolf comes with his guilt, the good shepherd points to his hands and his feet. He points to the scars, the marks on his own body that remind you of the payment that he has already made for each and every one of those sins. Let's say the attack that the wolf brings is suffering. You live your life and it it kind of seems like evil is always just nipping at your heels. Declining health, financial stress, sudden heartbreaking loss, frustration and anger about life. The hired hand turns and says, well, I I guess God left you. I guess God went away. If all these bad things are happening to you, then you must have done something to make God angry and you better figure out how to get him back on your good side. But the shepherd, the good shepherd, has already laid down his life for the sheep, which means he knows that God will never leave them. In fact, his suffering also reminds us that when we are suffering, that's exactly where God is to be found most. 
That's exactly when we can be most confident of his presence in our lives because God does his best work in suffering. Even as we walk through that valley of the shadow of death, we know that our good shepherd will never leave us. He is constantly there by our side to protect and comfort us. What sets the voice of the good shepherd apart? Well, maybe think of it this way. Let's imagine that you spent all of your money, every last penny, to purchase one one thing, to make one single purchase. Hopefully it's not a luxurious dollhouse, but, but something else. All of your money on one thing, and shortly after buying it, you realize that it wasn't worth quite as much as you had paid for it. You might decide to cut your losses, sell it, start over. But let's say you spent all of your money, every last penny that you had on something, and you quickly realized that that something was absolutely worthless. Not worth a single penny apart from the price that you had paid for it. Now what are you going to do with it? Sell it? It's worthless. Throw it away? It's all you have. That's the relationship between us and our good shepherd. He gave everything to have us. What's he going to do? Sell us? What could he get? What's he going to do? Abandon us? Walk away from us? Leave us to fend for ourselves? He's already paid everything. We are all he has left. Yes, I know Jesus has a whole lot more than that. He has heaven. He has all the glory and the majesty and the honor that God gave him as a reward for laying down his life for us. But believe it or not, the Bible says that Jesus most prized possession, the thing that he treasures and values the most is none of those things. It is simply us, the flock of sheep for which he laid down his life. And you better believe that when he speaks to you, it's going to sound different. You know, when it comes to voice recognition, I I think we often think only in terms of one side of the equation. Being able to tell people apart. So you take one person who says, one thing and you take another person who says the same thing can you tell the difference between the two can you recognize the familiar voice versus the unfamiliar one that's really only half of the equation there's another part to voice recognition that is just as important and probably more difficult and that's taking those single defining characteristics that are true of a particular voice no matter the type of sound that that voice is making so whether a person is speaking or laughing, or shouting, or whispering, or sobbing, can you tell that all of those sounds are coming from the same person? This isn't telling people apart. They call this telling people together. Friends, the good news is that with our Good Shepherd, we actually have both. Yes, we can tell his voice apart. We can recognize it as different and distinct from the voice of any hired hand, but we can also tell his voice together. Whether he is giving us a word of rebuke and admonition, a word of comfort and forgiveness, a word of encouragement, compassion, and sympathy, we can hear when it is the voice of our Good Shepherd. Because even as he invites us to follow him, he also gives us the incredible promise that we can be confident we are following him, that we aren't accidentally, blindly following the wrong person. He promises us, yes, I know my sheep, but yes, my sheep also know me. Amen. 
For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.